What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Creative Crunch. I'm your host, Curtis Tucker, and today we're joined by a very special guest, my friend and former college classmate, Lucas Turner, is going to talk to us today about audio engineering, radio CMC, and winning 10 grand. Let's get right into it. So what's up? My name is Lucas Turner and I am awesome. Uh, Now let's see. I teach sound design at CMC currently, which is kind of interesting because like I took that class only a few years ago. Um, What led into that is me being the radio station manager, which is interesting too now that we're doing this because uh, in the past we did a podcast called white noise, even though we didn't even know we were podcasting, we were making it for FM radio. And so it's kind of, but like it was in the form of a podcast. Um, and I'm trying to stay on track here. I just started my own audio company. It's called level head audio. And, uh, it's about helping other people to make their own podcasts. Cause I know a lot of the technical background of like, recording and um you know stuff like zencaster which i haven't used before but this is like something that i could recommend to clients uh and i have a bunch of gear i actually i don't know if you know this you may have saw this on facebook but i was in like a business incubator for uh, from a company called glenn x and uh basically it was like a pitch competition it was a four-week process and um I actually won that incubator and won $10,000. And so I used it to buy like a bunch of microphones and uh, my own computer because I had been using like Macs uh, from the college and stuff because I work for CMC too. So I bought my own uh, computer and a bunch of other gear. So yeah, so I'm just like, yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, I've just been doing a bunch of audio stuff and I teach, I teach, uh, audio at CMC. So like I was explaining to you earlier, like that has been the number one way that I've learned more about audio because every semester after I'm trying to like refresh my knowledge about audio. Hold on one second. Let me do something real quick. This keeps, this thing keeps distracting me. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, man, well, a lot of stuff has happened, but the big thing that I was pushing for was to get a studio at spring Valley because, and this ties back to when you and I were podcasting, we were doing it like in your dorm room, uh, and do you remember, like I would bring like two mics up and like a recorder and we were like holding our own microphones and that just shows the there's a need up there for there to be a recording space like what you use at the library, but also for doing live broadcast, which, you know, we didn't have the ability to do that at the time, but we, we, since, you know, since you were there, we got the ability to do live broadcast. So we weren't having to make like a pseudo podcast that was actually for FM. We could just go live like, like we're doing right now with Instagram. Um, And so my big push was to get a studio at Spring Valley space, but not just have it there, but have it accessible to students at any time, like night or day or night. And so that was a struggle. But eventually we got one and it was a closet. Literally, it was a closet. Uh, So but we got that and we used it for three semesters and it was awesome. And we got lots of student interest and um that's kind of what was happening. We had a lot of momentum. I had six work studies under me. I had all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, but CMC decided that they're going to build a new welcome center and they're going to build a new student center at Spring Valley. And so the building that we were in (laughs) happened to be the building that was in the way. (laughs) So, so they 
they bulldozed that building uh, this summer, actually. And uh, good news, though, is that we have a new space on Spring Valley that hopefully we can move into in October. And um, a number of other things happened, but it led up to me only having 10 hours a week uh, for the radio station. And uh, that's why I started doing my own thing. And it's also because I started teaching and CMC has a rule that if you teach and you have another role at the college, you have to teach more hours than what the other role that you have is. So that's kind of one of the initial things that led me to doing less radio work. But what I use that 10 hours for is to um, manage a few work studies, try and recruit like DJ volunteer people to go uh, live and sort of keep that live schedule running. And um, I, my suggestion is that we get rid of the FM signals actually um, because I, I hate the FCC and I feel like they took my net neutrality away. So I have plenty of, reason it's like but and and this is what i said too about it is kids today are growing up with the internet at their fingertips right at all times they can look at anything and yet we have the fcc saying don't say seven dirty words like give me a break come on so and you know the music that most college students listen to is not acceptable for FM, FCC regulated broadcasts. So I'm just trying to move away from that. But at the same time, like I'm trying to encourage Isaacson School and CMC to actually have this space that's not just Radio CMC, but is like a content creation production space for this exact type of thing, like Facebook Live, um, Instagram Live, YouTube. Uh, video creation, podcasting, and live broadcasting because there's an element of live that like you don't get from other places. So that's kind of, we're in a transitionary phase right now. Um, but that's what's going on with Radio CMC. And uh, I try and make it work with 10 hours a week. But that mostly just involves finding students being like, here's how you broadcast. Here's the studio. Here's the mics. Like, good to go. Call my work study if you need help. And, uh, and now they're doing what we were doing, you know, except in an actual studio. So, and some of them are really great promoters. Like they, they're on Snapchat the whole time and they have like this big following and they bring all this traffic to the website. And so that's where I see the potential is just keeping it online and focusing it there. Um, but yeah, that's... <laughs> That's what's happened. It's been a long and slogging journey with the radio station, uh, but I keep keep it going somehow. Good. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, I hope you do because, like, that was my first taste into anything like that, you know? And I'm one of those people who has the gift of gab. My mom says, you know, the second I turned two years old, I didn't stop talking a day after that, you know? And now to... <laughs> now to be in like a time where I might be able to like create some kind of living out of like just talking to my friends all the time. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty incredible. And so just having the opportunity to like try it out, you know, and I think that's, that's partially why I chose like CMC and like just said yes to it is because what was the worst thing that was going to happen? You know, like just, you got to try it out and you got to test it. And it's really cool now that they have someone young enough and with like that kind of lifelong learner mentality and like that critical thinking and creative skills to say, okay, well, radio was then streaming is now like, Mm -hmm. aren't, aren't we as the academic institution supposed to be on the cutting edge? Right. Why are we, why are we still supporting a federal institution that censors us and limits free speech and really doesn't align with our mission values and with what the student population is. And, you know, again, give them relevant skills in media and new media at all. It's not, I mean, yeah. except for the skill of talking on a microphone, which that skill is relevant because it's public speaking. It's not only relevant for what we're doing right now, but just the ability to, you know, get across your point and say how you feel and express yourself. You can learn that in 
podcasting or doing radio or whatever. And it's so valuable to you later on when you're on stage and like, you know, just maybe to lead into the contest that I was in a little bit. Like when, when we had to get up on stage, like not just because I'm an audio guy, but because I've spent hours and hours and hours in front of microphones, like I knew how to use that microphone. I knew how to project into that microphone. And a lot of people like just didn't it's and it's nothing against them they just didn't have that experience so to have a place at cmc or or wherever else where students have the ability to go in in like a non-threatening space where it's literally you can just do whatever you want in there not whatever you want obviously but you could do you know you can just turn on the mics and talk and that experience by itself is going to give you just a valuable experience valuable life lessons and it's going to help you later on so yeah do you reach out to the public speaking classes you know i haven't but uh i guess i probably should yeah that's that's that right there i would do that and like i don't know is is it is an english major a thing or like a journalism or people like that i think would be really interesting on that um so tell me like a little bit more about this contest it was a company called Glen X. Um, it's like a nonprofit, and I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but uh, they they were trying to do like a TEDx sort of thing, but they were calling it Glen X, and um, they started it a few years ago. So I I had initially helped them with their social media. I did their first two years of their social media campaigns for these events that they were putting on. Um, but they stopped doing those and eventually started doing other stuff. And one of the things that they were doing was like a co-working space in Carbondale. And as part of this co-working space, they came up with the idea that they were going to do a business incubator. So, uh, they were already doing like these practice pitch nights is what they were called, where you just came in, there was a bunch of business professionals. You could practice whatever your pitch was for your business or your product. Um, and they would give you tips. And out of that, I'm pretty sure this is where it came from. Out of that, they decided we'll do a business incubator, uh, where they have to actually develop their pitch throughout the process and develop a pitch deck and whoever has the best pitch, I guess, will win $10,000, which they got from somewhere. They got from donors. Um, and I was like, okay. Like, I've been wanting to start a podcasting business for a while now, so I might as well, I might as well try this, right? And uh, <clears throat> I knew it had to be like a 30-second pitch the first week. Uh, but I, I actually kind of was under the impression that like, it was just going to be that one week. Like I was going to walk in my 30 second pitch and they were going to 10 grand and leave. Yeah. <laughs> so like I had my, I had my pitch nailed, right? Like I, I had it exactly 30 seconds. I had all the points that I thought I should have. Um, and I, I walked in and it turns out this was like a learning experience. Like there was like a ton of people. I think there was 30 people that first week and the guy who was running it, uh, he was, basically saying like, this is what you need to have in your 30 second pitch. And I was, I was just sitting there the whole time. Like I already have my 30 second pitch. Um, but I still listened to what he had to say. And then at the end we were all supposed to practice ours. Um, so I was just like, I had something going on that night. I had a radio club thing, actually a big tournament that we had been planning. And so I I was like, just like, I'll go first, said my 30 second pitch. And everybody was like, Whoa, how'd you come up with that? Like, we're still all working on ours. And I was like, actually, <laughs> like I came here with it already ready. Cause I kind of thought I would just go on stage and like say it. Um, but yeah, then there was the second week was like, we had to do our, uh, business canvas, which is like a one page business plan where you have like boxes and you just like fill in the boxes. And it's, it's basically supposed to be like a simplified business plan. So we did that. And we were also starting to learn to come up with our two minute pitch, our pitch deck with like slides and more information than what, what was in our 30 second pitch. So I started working on that and I pretty much just like worked nonstop, like on my pitch for that entire time as much as I possibly could. Um, so then there was, uh, the third week was like the event where you actually had to bring people, uh, 
and and everybody got to do their pitch in front of a crowd and it was a pretty decent crowd like probably at least 100 people and um you had to do your, everybody did their pitch and then there was four judges and their vote counted for 50%. And then the crowd vote counted for 50%. So, so it was kind of like however many people you can bring is obviously going to help your case. But, um, at the end of the day, like they gave three chips out to each person. Right. And like everybody was supposed to vote like you're supposed to put your chips in different bins that way they're they were trying to like counteract that whole idea of like whoever's most popular and whoever can bring the most people will win so yeah i got i I ended up getting like second the second most amount of votes for that thing and made it into the top five and then the final week was like a shark tank thing with like six you know, business owners, like a the head of a bank and an owner of like a restaurant franchise and a bunch of other people. Um, and so I basically just had to do my pitch again. So I just like refined it a little bit, went and did my pitch and then, and then I got $10,000 and a check. <laughs> and then I got 10 grand. <laughs> so yeah. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's been crazy. A lot of stuff has happened since then. Um, you know, like I'm in a garage right now, uh, talking to you, but like I had a studio not a month ago, but a number of, a number of things have happened, but I still have all my equipment and I, I used the money to buy equipment that I knew I could use in a mobile sense. Like I could go anywhere and record because a lot of what I'm doing is actually going to clients, recording them. And then, you know, coming home, I edit their podcast, I distribute it to SoundCloud and wherever else, um, iTunes and all the, all the places. And then, and then they pay me. So that's basically the business plan. But, you know, I've also helped Katie and Kay, like I helped them get their system into like a podcasting form because they weren't like Katie and Kay news is now a podcast. So yeah, that that's that that's basically the contest, um, and that's what happened with it. So, Yeah. And you know, my thing is, is like, I do podcasting with like no money. So I'm sure you you can get a ton done with 10 grand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have like, well, I have like a Pelican case, for example. Yeah. Uh, well, I have two Pelican cases that I bought, but one's like the Pelican air. It's the size that can fit in like an overhead compartment in a, a plane. Okay. Um, and like, I have so much stuff in there. I have like eight different mics in there and I have like, I got a zoom H six, which is what I'm using as my interface to like send you audio right now and just stuff like that. But I can, it's crazy. Cause like I can record in so many different situations with the gear that I have. Um, and so that's what I've been doing is just like, you know, recording events and, uh, a lot, a lot of clients actually want to record themselves too so i spend a lot of time like telling them what gear to buy like here this is what you should get based on what kind of recording you're going to be doing within your price range and then uh, a lot of times they're like okay i have the equipment and like i don't really know how to use it and i'm like all right here i'll train you and so I'll, i'll actually train clients on like how to use a recorder properly and like how do you get good audio and how do you make sure that your mics are working to their maximum potential and all that kind of stuff. So getting paid to talk is nice. Yeah, totally. We were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. I just try to like remind people that like we have the internet, like the internet is like, is crazy. Like what, (laughs) what would you and I be doing if we were born 40 years ago, you know, like we would be like competing to get one of five jobs at a radio station. And now mm-hmm. we like, we can start it. 
we like we can start it like i can make a spot spotify playlist and advertise that i host local music on there for a couple bucks and like do this and support that and mix it in and like pretty much from my pocket right like uh, yeah. the thing the, the thing i find myself doing on the podcasting subreddit is sort of combating people like you who always recommend like this extensive gear list i'm uh-huh. always the guy who's like anchor.fm like <laughs> get the app talk into your phone because yeah. i don't you know and i i had this complex too a lot with photography like oh the gear makes you better right like the gear is going to make me better you uh-huh. know but it's like the more gear you have the bigger like pain in the ass it is you know like things right. have to be plugged in right the knobs have to be set right like this has to go into that which has to go into that and you have to have audition or audacity and like you then you have to learn how to use that you know and i think just for getting started i always recommend like the most democratic option i can think of and for me right. it's been anchor and like anytime i have a guest on and we record through anchor i like encourage them to start podcasting now that they have that account Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'll probably be talking to you a, a little bit about like how I can maybe turn that into more of a funnel and get them to actually start doing it. Uh, cause I think it would be cool. Like I'm starting to see this word or phrase podcasting network starting to show up a lot more. Yeah. Uh, and that concept is fascinating to me. Uh, cause again, like that would give you collective buying power and collective brokering. And then like when you approach a sponsor or a sponsor approaches you, you can say, well, how about I get you on five podcasts, you know? Yeah. Well, and that actually reminds me a little bit of like what we were. All right. We are going to take a quick break from the interview to do some in-house advertising. If you like what you hear and you want to get in on the conversation, uh, you can tweet me or find me on Instagram at Curtis Crunch. You can also now click the giant purple button on anchor.fm slash creative crunch to support creative crunch as it grows with a 99 cent recurring donation. So those are two great ways to get involved with creative crunch and to help this podcast grow. Let's get back into the interview with Lucas Turner. Yeah. And you know, my thing is, is like, I do podcasting with like no money. So I'm sure you you can get a ton done with 10 grand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have like, well, I have like a Pelican case, for example. Yeah. Uh, well, I have two Pelican cases that I bought, but one's like the Pelican Air. It's the size that can fit in like an overhead compartment in a, a plane. Okay. Um, and like, I have so much stuff in there. I have like eight different mics in there and I have like, I got a Zoom H6, which is what I'm using as my interface to like send you audio right now and just stuff like that. But I can, it's crazy because like I can record in so many different situations with the gear that I have. Um, and so that's what I've been doing is just like, you know, recording events and uh, a, lo- a lot of clients actually want to record themselves too so i spend a lot of time like telling them what gear to buy like here this is what you should get based on what kind of recording you're going to be doing within your price range and then uh, a lot of times they're like okay i have the equipment and like i don't really know how to use it and i'm like all right here i'll train you and so I'll, i'll actually train clients on like how to use a recorder properly and like how do you get good audio and how do you make sure that your mics are working to their maximum potential and all that kind of stuff. So getting paid to talk is nice. Yeah, totally. We were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. I just try to like remind people that like we have the internet, like the internet is like, is crazy. Like what, (laughs) what would you and I be doing if we were born 40 years ago, you know, like we would be like competing to get one of five jobs at a radio station. And now we like, we can start it. We like, we can start it. Like I can make a spot Spotify playlist and advertise that I host local music on there for a couple bucks and like do this and support that and mix it in. And like pretty much from my pocket, right? Like, 
Uh, yeah. the, thing, the, the thing I find myself doing on the podcasting subreddit is sort of combating people like you who always recommend like this extensive gear list. I'm uh-huh. always the guy who's like anchor.fm, like <laughs> get the app talk into your phone because yeah. I don't, you know, and I, I had this complex too, a lot with photography, like, Oh, the gear makes you better, right? Like the gear is going to make me better, you uh-huh. know, but it's like the more gear you have, the bigger like pain in the ass it is, you know, like things right. have to be plugged in, right. The knobs have to be set, right. Like this has to go into that, which has to go into that. And you have to have audition or audacity. And like, you, then you have to learn how to use that, you know? And, I think just for getting started, I always recommend like the most democratic option I can think of. And for me, it's been anchor. And like, anytime I have a guest on and we record through anchor, I like encourage them to start podcasting now that they have that account. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I'll probably be talking to you a a little bit about like how I can maybe turn that into more of a funnel and get them to actually start doing it. Uh, Cause I think it would be cool. Like I'm starting to, see this word or phrase podcasting network starting to show up a lot more. Yeah. Uh, and that concept is fascinating to me. Uh, Cause again, like that would give you collective buying power and collective brokering. And then like when you approach a sponsor or a sponsor approaches you, you can say, well, how about I get you on five podcasts? You know? Yeah. Well, and that actually reminds me a little bit of like what we were doing with Radio CMC, which is kind of what led me into doing more podcasting stuff, um, which was putting stuff on SoundCloud. Like it actually started with white noise and like in that general time period is when it started. But I started putting recorded shows on SoundCloud. And, you know, back then I was just putting them up and starting to see that I was getting a lot of traction with things like the artist profile, uh, and interviews of artists and musicians and stuff like that. But what it ended up being eventually over time is almost like its own podcast network. Um, and you know, cause I had like, I had the artist profile, which was my show. And then I had like the small business spotlight, which was, uh, my supervisor did that show. And then I had, uh, you know, local, businesses in the Valley who like media creators who were doing their own show, like Aspen real life was one of them. And I had like all these different podcasts and was like building momentum around that. Um, but the idea of a podcast network, yeah, like you're absolutely right. If you have you can have one podcast that has like 5,000 listeners or you could have five podcasts that have a thousand, like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's easier to achieve in some ways. Yeah. And then you can all cross promote and cross market and broker bigger sponsorship deals and things like that. Yeah. I think it's an interesting concept. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that. But with the anchor thing, uh, and actually like somebody recommended to me anchor, uh, a while back too, and I downloaded it and I never really used it. Right. Just sat on my phone. And so recently, like last week, actually, I think right before I messaged you, uh, I was experimenting with it and I actually made it the first assignment for my sound class is to make an, is to make an anchor podcast. Um, because I think it's a good way of teaching like the structure of a podcast, like here, record an intro and then, and then record a segment and then record an outro and like stick music in between. And anchor makes that like, so just simple that it's crazy. And, uh, the other thing that got me really excited is since I'm like just a tech nerd and like an audio nerd is that I figured out how to record like high quality audio into my iPad or iPhone through anchor. So I was like, I figured that out and I was like, Oh, that's sweet. Um, not only could you use this to make a podcast easily, but if you have a phone and you want to invest in like a couple pieces of equipment, like, you could do anchor podcasting, really high quality anchor podcasting, but not have to deal with audition and you wouldn't even have to have a computer. Like you could just use the phone that you already have. So it would just be a matter of getting a microphone, but like maybe you don't want to pay for creative cloud or you don't want to, you don't want to get into using audacity, which I'm glad that it's free. Every time I've used it though, it's like, 
it kind of confuses me a little bit. Yeah. Things aren't exactly where you think that they should be. Yeah. And the tools, I don't know if it's the design of the tools, but like sometimes it's just not clear what, what tools do. Okay. So now the last kind of thing that I want to touch on, cause I mean, you know, me, Mr. Marketing and communication, you have talked in this interview about like a lot of things that have like set off light bulbs for me on like, Oh, that would be a great thing to communicate. Oh, he should communicate that. Or like, that would be really cool. Um, do you have like an Instagram or a website for this business that I could pull up real quick? I do have my website up. I haven't like, I've been slacking in putting up my Facebook and Instagram so far, okay. uh, but my, my website's just levelheadaudio.com and uh, it's going up slowly, but surely. I even had somebody message me this week saying like, Hey, I tried to tag your business on Facebook. Like where's your Facebook page? And I was like, ah, I'm sorry. I just, I've actually been getting ready for semester. So I've been kind of focused yeah. in on that, but uh, yeah, Proceed. soon. Yeah, this is, this is good. No, I like this. Yeah, yeah because you know, you know me, I was kind of trying to do as much research as I could on you to kind of, make sure I was up to speed on everything that you were doing and um, your personal Instagram, you haven't posted in a while and the radio CMC mm -hmm. stuff ebbs and flows, but I understand why that ebbs and flows. Um, it's really, I mean, you can crank out content when there is somebody there to make content. Um, yeah. You have just been saying like so many things that um, would make great podcasting, uh, content would make great video content. Like I want a YouTube tutorial on how you're doing this high quality audio through anchor, right? Like I want that yeah. and I want to share that out, you know, and things like that. Um, and like, I'm yeah, that was all part of my plan too, was to have like a YouTube channel where I just do tutorials and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like a uh, killing two birds with one stone in some ways since I teach audio class if I you know if I make a tutorial of like here's how you use this recorder yeah I can put that up for my business but I can also send it to my students yeah and, and use it in that way I'll have to uh so the professor that got me into podcasting is actually a communications professor at um MSU Denver and he um, like a very like kind of I'll say traditional kind of communications degree right like studies rhetoric and all the mechanisms but is act actually gets it and right so he podcasts and so his his podcast his main one is sports nerds where it's like him and his co-host who lives in Michigan so they they do kind of this every week they're remotely recording together. They talk about like communications and sports and like the weird things going on in sports. And then he also has another podcast called the arbitrage, which is kind of like um, how he markets his uh, communication consulting. And so that's why it made me think of you is because there's a lot of parallels there. And what he actually does is he live streams just himself doing all of his lectures. Right. And it's a great value builder and it's a great way to like document. So like, I encourage mm -hmm. you to like, even like get this Instagram up for your company, but like double dip. And when you're lecturing in class, live stream, you doing your lecture, yeah. you know, and yeah. then like you're cranking out content, you know, and you're getting it done. And like, the other thing is, is like, where's the so much pressure. Well, it, no, kidding. but see, it's not because like, here's the, here's the adage for that. Right. Like, and I think this comes from Gary V too. Somebody said it, but it's like, we always compare ourselves to like LeBron James right now. Right. Like with all the uh -huh. titles, with all of the jerseys, with all the accomplishments, like we compare ourselves to LeBron James now, but what you got to do is compare yourself to LeBron James when he was your age at your station of life. Right. And it's like, it's this thing and it's like this fear of failure. Right. But like, screw that because like you live streaming is actually like way better than everyone else. Who's like sitting around, like I'm going to start a podcast, but, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I follow this Twitter called, 
um, starting a podcast. I think that's what it is. And it's just an algorithm that retweets anyone who um, says like anything, like I'm going to start a podcast thinking about starting a podcast. And it's just Uh like, Every two seconds, there's a new tweet with that, you know, and so just live streaming and and showing, right? Because obviously you're good at it. Like CMC wouldn't hire you to teach a class if they thought you were incompetent, right? So like obviously your value is there, and so I really think like just doing things like that, and like I'll try to send you, remind me to like send you Sam's stuff, but like just like mimicking that and just cranking it out. And then the other thing is is like where is the level head podcast? Like, where's you? Why? Where? Where's your <laughs> podcast on this? Like, I'm seeing clients, but like, where's you? Yeah, actually, I, <laughs> did I put this? Did I put the Stasis podcast on there? Yeah, and do you know where it is, Lucas? Do you know where it is? It's at the bottom of the list. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that, that one's my, that one's actually my podcast, but I haven't done it in a while. Um, yeah, you want know. me to pay you money to podcast and edit, and yet I can't hear you podcast and edit? <laughs> you can hear what I do for other clients. But yeah, no, that is a good point. I, I don't know. I just like... I keep trying to do my own content creation and like, I don't know. I I don't know if it's like the imposter syndrome thing or like what you were just talking about, like with comparing yourself to LeBron James now. Uh, But like, I always end up being like, this isn't like good enough or what am I even doing? No, I just need to stop and being super self-critical and just like, you know, falling away from the content creation. Like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that feeling? Uh, okay. You just have to like get over it. Well, that and like, like if we're going to get real for a second, I've started seeing a therapist again. Um, and, okay. And it's a therapist who does, let me see if I can Google this real quick. EDMR. Okay. And I didn't know. EDMR. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Okay, so I didn't know that this was her thing when I signed up to go to her. Um, I just found out that like she had worked with creative people in the past. And so like I knew she kind of knew how my brain was working. But EDMR um, and I think any type of therapy is beneficial, but this was really beneficial for me. So what it does is it's kind of like this brain processing and programming that is kind of like it. She's, she says it's very similar to what your eyes do during REM sleep, right? But you're, you're conscious and you're meditating. Um, somebody says they can't hear you, but whatever. Um, so anyway, what you do, I, who cares? What you do is you kind of install this like software in your brain through meditating. And then you use this tool that kind of like buzzes your hands back and forth and you just meditate. And for me, it, it, got it bypassed all the anxiety I carry around. Right. Like all of that, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. You know, like I'm a loser. I'm a loser. This isn't good. You know, like comparative, like that kind of stuff. It bypasses all of that. And then it, it bypassed all the depression that I was living with too, for the past 12 years, you know, um, all of that, like go, that, those the other side of the manic swing you know like those depressive episodes where you don't make anything for two weeks straight three weeks straight right like you just you're not posting or anything like that and it bypassed all of that and it reprogrammed that but and it's given me through therapy it's given me that fuck you attitude right and it's given me the armor and the realization that like doing it is a hundred percent better than sitting around and wanting like how many times have we had these conversations with our friends with our peers how many facebook posts have we read like how many accounts have we seen or projects have we seen get started and then disappear two weeks later right and it's because of that other side of our creative brain right and this was just on the, the news. I'm air quoting that because I don't really think it's news. But this was on the news the other night. They were interviewing scientists who study creative brains. And it all has to do with the frontal lobe. Creativity, anxiety, and depression all come from the same part of the brain, right? And so once you deal with that and you, like, buckle down and you make mental health a priority, like people make going to the gym a priority, 
going to mental, like going to therapy, I think is gym for creative people, right? Because if anything, like we're, we're okay at taking care of our bodies. Like, yeah, we're not jacked, but like uh, probably our poor eating habits again, come from our mental health and like battling with creativity. And so finally I've just kind of like addressed that and it's given me the gusto to like, just go and do it and be at peace with my vision of success and knowing that like the things that you and I want to do creatively are a very long game kind of thing. And we live in a short game world, right? Like we live and participate in an industry where if you're not cranking out every single day, if there's not something new, you become irrelevant And that is where like a lot of my fear and anxiety came from, but coming to peace with the fact that what I want to do is a long game is like letting me know that it's okay if I have a year or two worth of sucky podcasts where the audio might not be perfect, right? Or like I might have misspellings in my captions, but it's because I'm building a legacy, right? Like I'm trying to affect the way people think and deal with their creativity and I'm trying to redefine what it means to be creative. And so that's on game. What you're trying to do with podcasting and the way that you are able to future think, like you and I are always thinking five years ahead of the curve, that's okay. And like that can be our definition of success, you know, and like finding little wins. And so honestly, that's what it's been. And like, you know, like that's really honestly like how I deal with it on a day-to-day basis now. And before it was imposter syndrome, right? Like I was wearing a mask and I was saying things that I wasn't actually doing, but now I'm doing those little things. I'm cranking out content. I'm figuring out how to automate things and knowing that I'm doing that and having my being at peace with my definition of success is giving me all the energy in the world and all the armor and the protection in the world to deal with all the people who say it sucks. You know, it's given me the courage to deal with my own brain, right? Like, and those, and those voices. Um, So honestly, that's what it's been. All right, taking a break from the interview to let you know what's going on with Creative Crunch. Next week, I will be registering for Denver Startup Week and building out my schedule during that week's episode. And then the following week, I'll be doing daily mini-sodes from Denver Startup Week, recapping what kind of programs and who I meet throughout the day. So if you're down and around doing Denver Startup Week programming, make sure you tweet me or find me on Instagram at Curtis Crunch. Let me know where you're at and we could possibly get together and record some sweet content. Thanks so much. Here's the rest of the interview with Lucas Turner. Right. And yeah. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean... Like, it's interesting that you bring up the audio quality thing because I know how to get like amazing audio quality, and yet I still find myself trying to make a podcast and just being like, ah, like record 20 times or whatever. And I I think it's partially about being out of practice because I remember when I first started at the radio station and I I couldn't go live, so I had to record all of my like on air breaks or whatever, and then I had to listen to them before I put them up. And so I would sit there and record like 20 times, like or restart the recording like 20 times until I, until I got it perfect. Right. And it was just taking me so much time and it wasn't working. And then eventually got to this point with live content. Once we were able to go live where there was none of that. And every day I was just like hitting live, going live, talking to people. And I would go back and listen and I'd be like, wow, that stuff that I was doing live was like way better than the the stuff where I had to redo it 20 times. And I don't know, you have to get into that mindset of like, Oh, here we go. All right. That's done. Um, so that's where anchor seems cool to me though, is like bridging that gap for podcasting between, you know, the process of creating it and like actually putting it out because a lot of times I'll create content. Like I have videos, 
that I made for a YouTube channel that are like fully edited, but like just the time between like recording them edit and editing them, I got that feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't do anything with this content. So I think with Anchor, it's nice because you can just record it, throw it together and then put it out without having to spend a ton of time in like post-production, which I feel like is time for me to like start questioning what it is that I'm doing, especially if I'm listening to the whole podcast and editing it that way. So <laughs> okay, we've got 10, but I the, hate to interrupt, but we've got like a couple seconds remaining on okay. the Instagram live stream. So we're going to have to shut that down. But if you've still got time, I'd love to record. Okay. Bye. Ah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny okay share that so we had a couple people tune in on that that's cool do you still have more time to talk i don't want to go over or anything okay i'm good but yeah then like that's kind of like been the whole thing is just like just get it out and like that's why i've kind of gotten that's why i've loved the gary v word of like document right um because i think like being a creative person we want to do that right we want to create Right. But that's not necessarily the solution every single time. Um, It's just to document it and to just get it out. Right. And I tend to be more creative when it comes to promoting that long term, that long form piece of content. Right. Like I just kind of get the podcast out, do the minimum amount of editing that I need to do. And then I get creative with the uh, Facebook graphics and things like that. So do you, do you, are you doing that because that's like where your interest is creatively? Uh, no, I'm like in doing graphics and stuff. Is that more interesting to you than editing or like making a crazy edited podcast? Is that why you're doing it that way? Or is that where you think it's best to put your effort in terms of actually, you know, like generating interest in the podcast? Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I think, I think it's probably a, a little bit of like what I'm comfortable doing, but it also is like, I do know how important marketing is, right? Like if I were to spend a bunch of time editing the podcast and like making it really cool and putting in all these like fancy transitions or sound effects, like is that energy worth it if nobody is listening to it? Right. And I'm not and I'm not trying to use like listens and downloads as like the measure for success. But like my mental goal is to kind of have 30 people listening to the podcast and like trying trying to get what I would call like a classrooms worth of downloads. But again, it's using that Gary V content pyramid. Right. Like if you look at Gary V's content when he uploads a keynote or when he's uploading um, a podcast video, you know, or things like that, it's really just an intro graphic and an outro graphic, right? It's usually, it's usually one long interrupted camera angle, or maybe it's two cameras back and forth, but there's really no magic editing happening there. The magic editing happens when he's remixing the content or I should say his team is remixing the content into memes and rants and clips and things like that. That's when the, the fanciness tries comes into play is because you're trying to grab someone's attention as they're scroll, scrolling through a social feed. Right. Cause otherwise, why are they going to, just listen to your podcast unless they're like a podcast fanatic person and they're just like any new podcast or like somebody they know podcasts and they're like yeah i'll listen to that i've had that with people before but that's going to get you one two people maybe like you have to have some kind of strategy to pull in the other people so uh that makes a lot of sense and maybe i'll try start trying to do that is like just make a long form piece of content where i don't really overthink it that much because i have a i have a really bad problem with overthinking i don't know if that's like a creative person thing or what it is but i just sit there and i'm like all right i'm really gonna plan out my podcast i'm gonna know exactly this week i'm gonna talk about this this and this and like trying to come up with the structure and i'm gonna do it this way every week and i know all that stuff's good but at the same time like it's crippling you know so I don't know, maybe there, I like with anything, there's a happy medium, but I can see why like just, you know, creating a piece of content every week and making that like, I don't want to say easy, but easy on me in terms of like m- me being self-critical just 
make it. Don't like overthink it. Don't rewatch the entire thing until maybe it's out. Like if I am going to, because then it's too late. Yeah. It's too late to, to pull back. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm maybe I'm listening to myself and I edit and then maybe I listen to it. I've been trying to get in the habit of either while I'm editing, trying to things to turn into content or like after I'll try to listen to it. Um, and then like, I listen to myself. And again, this is back to the Gary V content. I'm listening to myself, not to be critical, but to find my own value, right? Like I, now I'm trying to figure out like, Oh, that's cool. Or like, that's really valuable. Or like, Oh, I've said this word six times now. Like I should just type that into a graphic and then like write a little caption or a crazy little like spitballed caption on like whatever I'm thinking for that word to tie people back into it. And I mean, like, this is a little bit of a pep talk here, but like, I've learned so much from you, like just in the past hour, like you're incredibly valuable. What you know about and the way you think is incredibly valuable. And so stop being like an audio engineer when you're listening to yourself and start being a fan of yourself because you've said things that like, I, I think you've said like two weeks worth of social media content and at least 30 minutes of like podcast recording that is like invaluable, you know, and um, don't, don't sweat it, you know, like screw it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, because, totally. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, just trying to like get over that mental barrier. It's, it's weird. And the other, I think another thing that is contributing right now is like, I don't really have a space to do any of this stuff. And like, I could do it at the college, but like what I really want is like a space in my own house, which I don't have right now. So I think that contributes a lot. So I was trying to decide like, should I just start doing it in my car? Right. Like, <laughs> but I guess I can, there's no reason why I can't. I just feel weird, like in my car, but I also have a microphone, but maybe that's not weird. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe it's, it's good that it's weird. Yeah, so I, I think, I think it's all of the above. I think it's streaming your lectures and using the resources that you can get your hands on. Right. As far as we know, you're the, you're, you are sitting in your own space, right? Like it is your space when you're in it, you know? So I think that's invaluable. And then I think it's also like when you're in those spaces and when you're um, using university resources, like communicate that to Rob and like to other people and try to get that shared out on Isaacson things, you know, like get use that as marketing and leverage. Like, Oh, here's somebody putting the university resources to work and using them. Right. And setting a good example. And then like, I can share this out and like, Oh, then they can discover that you can hire them. Um, I know you're sitting in your garage right now. So like go buy a bucket of paint and like order some sound insulating foam off of Amazon and, and call it done, you know? For sure. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes total sense. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I've, I've been trying to figure out like what exactly I should podcast about because I don't really like I, that. This is another issue I run into is like, do I have to be like this super professional? Like, uh, like I can't say what I actually think. Cause I'm like super interested in politics and like really, um, like anti-establishment a lot of the times and I just want to say like controversial things and so I'm trying to find the line of like like what can I say uh without you know like offending and like putting putting off potential clients but I guess I shouldn't worry about that right like I don't know yeah well and again you know back to this podcast network thing like you could have one 30 minute podcast that is like nothing but a political rant and then like again maybe like the official level-headed audio podcast is you learning and communicating about like your website like literally like talk about recording talk about editing talk about distribution talk about consultation right like talk about these services that you're supposed to offer you know and talk about a different aspect about it like oh this week uh on location i learned something new about show structure right like i'm using your verbiage from the website like your website should be your template for your podcast for it for at least the official level-headed audio one and again you don't you don't have to 
pretend to be an expert because that's not what people are looking for. Like if something goes horribly wrong, talk about why it went horribly wrong. And like, again, back, you know, you like, you'll probably discover something new, just talking about it. You'll probably be like, Oh shit. I never thought about how this connected to that. And maybe this thing. And Oh, now look at this article that I researched. Maybe that could be a possible solution, you know? And it's like, again, I'm finding a lot of fun and joy in like the podcasting subreddits. And there's like a, now there's one for like podcasting guests and like things like that. And so maybe it's like getting more and more involved with that, with like uh, a level-headed audio, like as your like username on Reddit, you know, and like just talking to people there and like doing like kind of like the PewDiePie thing of like using that those subreddits for content, you know, like, Oh, this week on the uh, podcasting subreddit, there was a thread about this and I decided to chime in and I learned this from this user. And so again, I think at least the level headed audio one maybe isn't so creative and it's more and more just like a documentation of like, hi, my name is Lucas and I have 10 grand from this contest and this is what I did with it to grow my business this week, right? Like this is this is my step towards making Level Head Audio a thing. And here we go. And you just talk for 45 minutes on whatever you did that week to make progress towards Level Headed Audio. And then like... Right, so, yeah. so do you have like when you're doing something like this, uh, do you have like an outline, you know, that you kind of sort of like, here's my plan. And then you keep referring back to that plan or do you do that week by week? And this kind of gets into a bigger discussion about like time management and like task management and having all of these different things going on. How do you like keep your world all like together? Because I, I have a problem of like having a million things going on. Like I have three jobs right now. And so at the end of the day, like a lot of times I just, I end up having to like put stuff off that I know I need to do like, okay, I'm going to have to do it next week. But when we're talking about the content creation thing, like that does have to be a consistent weekly or, or at least on some consistent schedule. So how do you like bring that? How do you, how do you bring your content creation into this like whole schedule and manage that time effectively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So make sure I answer your question, but like, so usually at the beginning of the month, I make my reservations for the library recording studio for the entire month, right? Like I just, I get on their little booking calendar and I make those and I usually try to make it as consistent as I can. Right. So like in the beginning, it was like every single Monday, um, a little bit of a hiccup right now, but like, I'm trying to get back on that of like, one day a week at a certain time, like I'm in there. Okay. And I'm doing that. And then once I have that done, then I kind of like reverse engineer. Now for a while I was trying to make creative crunch, like a social media content kind of news show, but I was building in a week lag. Right. So like when I was recording that episode, wouldn't come out until next week. Right. And and we know in the news sphere now, like that's, that's just way too much time. And I was only kind of able to talk about things like generally, or like give my opinion on them. But even then my opinion was a week late. So actually now I'm not really like creating much of a notes sheet. What I do have scripted out is like my intro and my outro and like how I can advertise myself just so I know that that language is consistent every week. And so that I know like every week I'm talking about listener support and where you can find it. But now it's been more and more shifting towards trying to schedule interviews as well, because at my core creative crunch is about talking about the hustle of creative people. And so the easiest way to do that is to have creative hustlers on and just have a conversation with them, right? Like to me, this is no different than like you and I sitting across the table or like you and I sitting together at a CMC class, right? Like I feel like the energy and the conversation is exactly the same. And 
the structure comes from our organic conversation. And if you don't like this kind of podcasting, turn it off and go listen to something else with more structure. But I think you and I have kind of cohesively talked about the same kind of things for an hour. I made like, this is the first time I actually used chat in Zencaster to get a couple bullet points out. But like, I know I just wanted to talk to you and like get an up, get an update on your life. And all I had to do was like, know that you're creatively hustling and that you are doing what I am calling like the creative crunch. Right. Not only are you making art and sort of doing the self-indulging thing, but you've used the exact same brain, the exact same skills of creative and abstract thinking to realize and to develop into this industry professional that is now supporting and making money and winning money off of helping other people be creative. And to me, that's the creative crunch. Boom. <laughs> that was just like a really good sound bite right there. <laughs> if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's probably the best place, even though I haven't posted there for a while, but probably will start again soon. That's just at Lucas C. Turner. Uh, go to my website if you want to check out what my business is all about. And that's just levelheadaudio.com. I do have a YouTube channel, which is levelhead audio so um you can go check that out that's probably where i'm gonna use uh or what i'm gonna use for my podcast hub because i figured out how to like turn that into an rss feed um so yeah just check that stuff out and uh i guess use instagram if you want to get in touch with me um or you can send me an email lucas at levelheadaudio.com all right, that concludes today's interview with Lucas Turner. If you want to learn more about what Lucas is doing and you want to see other podcasts that he's helping create, uh, check out the description. There'll be plenty of links out to all of his information and his projects there. If you want to keep up with Creative Crunch in between the week, make sure you follow me at Curtis Crunch on Twitter and Instagram to see all my posts, content, and polls there and if you really enjoy what you heard today and you think that um, creative crunch has contributed to your overall hustle please consider clicking that listener support button and giving a 99 cent recurring monthly donation it would really help this podcast grow if you don't have that change in your pocket and you do enjoy what you heard today and you want to help this grow all you have to do is push that share button wherever you're listening and uh, throw this on your Instagram story, uh, share this as a tweet with your thoughts, and make sure you use the branded hashtag, uh, hashtag creative crunch, and I will lay eyes on that, and who knows, it could be a topic of an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening. Again, I'm Curtis Tucker, and this has been Creative Crunch. <laughs>